Hey, this is Rich. This is Cass. This is Jacob. This is Luke. Yes, it's so Well, hello and welcome to another Micropod. It's just so good. I know it's going to be a good day today. Hey, um, I just wanted to take a minute and thank you guys for uh, listening to the Micropod, especially those in our team all around the world. I'm receiving messages from you and I'm receiving uh, Instagram, you know, direct messages and, and the like. And I'm so encouraged by that. I'm glad that the Micropod is blessing you guys. So thank you. Please do keep sharing the Micropod and keep letting us know that you're listening. Uh, obviously, um, keep following the Hillsong.creative Instagram account and that's where you can uh, let us know that you're listening and that you can, um, you know, post, uh, obviously on Instagram, your uh, creative isolation challenge posts. Uh, I'm watching those and I'm loving to see what people are creating in this season. Hey, yesterday we talked about the version devotional that we've started, uh, well, that we created and that we're, the, the C series that we are starting to create. Uh, Brad and I spoke about Philippians. And so if you haven't uh, as yet looked at that or you missed yesterday's episode, I'd encourage you to go back and check that out um, because we've launched this new uh, resource for you guys, and I believe that's going to be a blessing that's going to help us. Hey, today on the podcast, I have Dan Wilden, who, for those of you who don't know, is our creative pastor in in uh, Italy. Uh, we've been mentioning some of the hard-hit places around the world and how we have campuses in those places. Well, Dan is in Italy, and as you know, that's been a really... Um, there's been terrible things going on with the coronavirus there, but there's a good report in this in this message that Dan is bringing to us, and and I think you're going to be blessed by what he says. I think you're going to be blessed by uh, the good report, and also by his perspective on the way that he, the team, and the church are approaching it over there. So I'm going to hand over to Dan, and I'd encourage you to to um, really prayerfully consider how you're you're approaching this season and. And perhaps, just perhaps, you can take on some of the same attitude that Dan and his team have taken on. So over to Dan, and I'll talk to you later. Thank you, Rich and Cass, for having me on the Micropod today. Hi there, I'm Dan, Worship Creative Pastor for Hillsong Italy, and we're entering our sixth week of lockdown. It sounds like a long time, and it is, but we're all healthy and happy. And interestingly, I was asking today, and across our three locations, not one person in our congregation that we're aware of has come down with this virus. So God is good. That's a testimony in the making, and we're praying for that to continue. So keep us in your prayers, and we're praying for you guys too. Um, I work as a strategist in the advertising industry, so I'm always looking for information that can help us decide how we're going to move forward with a project. There's always truth in the past that can help us improve what we're doing moving forward. So today I want to share a bit of church history from Italy and even share how it's impacted you or us all around the globe, even if we weren't aware of it. Right now, I'm in my house in Milan. I'm looking across my balcony. We're quite central. I can see San Lorenzo Basilica. I can see the Duomo in the distance and dozens of other cathedrals and spires. And across the road from me, there's a statue of Emperor Constantine. He's outside of the Basilica by our house. Now, here is where Constantine signed the Edict of Milan, declaring Christianity to be the religion of Europe and essentially the modern world. 
Christians were no longer thrown to the lions, but now favoured. They were the in crowd. And this was a radical change from what had come before. And the Christians accepted it without too many questions. And I don't think I would blame them either after such intense persecution. So we often think of the Edict of Milan as Constantine's first great act as a Christian emperor, but he was actually somewhat hedging his bets. The fact remained that he was the head of the pagan religion of the time as well. He wasn't actually baptized until his deathbed, so he was definitely playing it safe there. I won't go into the political issues of church and state and money, control, power, and corruption that ensued, but my main focus today, I want to look at the buildings, because during this time is when the buildings took central stage in the church for the first time, the modern church. Before that, owning a building rarely came into the equation. We saw something else enter into the church at this time as well, which was the central pulpit or the stage or the platform. As I look back in history, these were things adopted from the pagan temples and the pagan religions. Clergy was even a term used for the pagan priests. So Constantine was very much marrying two very different worlds here, and he was trying to keep everyone pleased, and he was trying to uh, introduce change as well. But there are some things that we can look at, some things that can be reclaimed and redeemed, of course. But um, my main point here, looking at the buildings, during that time, a lot of new churches were commissioned, a lot of renovations occurred. The ancient gods, they were swapped out for apostles and saints, and all of a sudden, 80% of Europe was announced as Christian, whether they believed it or not. So with these crowds, we started seeing things happen in mass gatherings. The organic church was much reduced, and with the hierarchy and crowd control came the religious rites. And instead of that shared meal or that conversation, it became a religious ceremony. Soon the church leaders were wearing costumes to set them apart from the normal punters, and once again the priesthood were the ones who approached God on your behalf, and they opened up the word for the people. I'm sure the enemy loves it when we forget the victory that we already have, probably loves to see us go backwards, but it took a long time before the Reformation came along and cleared out a lot of the baggage and the legalism. When we moved here to Italy over two years ago with John and Tennille to help plant the church, we're asking the locals to tell us about revivals or great moves of God in the past that we can look at. Maybe we were hoping for some benchmarks or just something exciting to to build on or to compare to. And what we found was nothing like this had happened before. The closest thing was this Constantine era, which is a very pale imitation of a revival, which is one of the reasons we're so excited to be breaking new ground here. When we're able to walk through the streets of the cities here in Italy, we see these amazing, ornate and elaborate buildings with huge soaring ceilings and amazing artwork. And they were designed to speak to the beauty of God, but unfortunately they also put him out of reach. He was painted on the ceilings in so many examples, a bit like Zeus in the clouds looking down, either judging or just being distant. And this pagan view of God is still a very real problem for many people. We know that the real church needs to be that living network of people built on the cornerstone of Jesus and the foundation of the apostles' teaching. That's why right now, I don't actually mind that our creativity and our gatherings are being pushed into our homes or our little studios or our humble lounge rooms with humble worship, even if it is a bit awkward sometimes. And I think this is definitely a pruning season uh, where we're going to come out of this differently with a different sort of health to us. I love that the different ministries come to life in the small as well. We have our corporate gatherings that are so important, and we will return to them, but we'll return differently. How much more in the small do the spiritual gifts flourish and get to come to the fore 
in those smaller, more intimate moments, in those personal um, hangouts, in those connect groups. During this time, God is definitely redeeming old things and drawing old important things into high relief. The shared meal, the communion, the layman leading his family in worship, the conversations around the word without being distracted, and definitely the need to slow down and be the church instead of putting on church. This is an important time where we can grow in our knowledge of him and we can continue to equip ourselves for acts of service. We need to be ready to walk into our corporate gatherings differently, looking to serve our church without striving. I wrote an article recently called After the Storm, The Beach is Never the Same, and it started as a commercial communication for the advertising industry that I work in, but it quickly became an encouragement for people who don't usually tune into messages of hope. There's lots of people in our world who are looking at us, wondering why we're so okay or why we're different, and our creativity is always an opportunity to speak to them. In my analogy, I talked about this pandemic as a storm sweeping around the globe and how often after a storm, the beach is never the same. I grew up on the south coast of Australia and I know it happens when a big storm system sweeps through town. You see things like the beach track, it gets wiped out or sturdy old trees are knocked down. Power lines, sheds, roads, they get destroyed and the place can be a real mess. But old forgotten bedrock is uncovered as well in these storms. And the new landscape is what we get left to play with when we emerge. A lot of habits are shifting now. In our local church, we have new teams forming and our location leads have never been better at creating video content. My connect group's actually growing in numbers. There's new people joining and there are new songs and words being written all around our church that I know are going to make a difference. People are undoubtedly missing the connection and I know when we meet again, we'll be refreshed and energetic and the people who are the most thirsty, they'll be ready to come home. My prayer is that the building is not the center when we come back, but rather Jesus and his people who are living like him. And so for now, I would just encourage you to embrace the quiet time, to turn your creative heart to God prayerfully and playfully and worship with obedience. Listen out for him. He's going to speak to you where you are. I thought I'd end the micropod with a psalm that was speaking to me. The, the theme of silence is something that's running strong with so many of our cities empty at the moment, but this is Psalm 65, 1 to 8 in the message. Silence is praise to you, Zion dwelling God, and also obedience. You hear the prayer in it all. We all arrive at your doorstep sooner or later, loaded with guilt, our sins too much for us, but you get rid of them once and for all. Blessed are the chosen, blessed the guests at home in your place. We expect our fill of good things in your house, your heavenly manse. All your salvation wonders are on display in your trophy room. Earth tamer, ocean pourer, mountain maker, hill dresser, muzzler of sea storm and wave crash, of mobs in noisy riot. Far and wide they'll come to a stop, they'll stare in awe and wonder. Dusk and dawn take turns calling, come and worship. Welcome to this week's edition of Birthdays with Brad. We're not stuck in the past or looking to the future. We are your birthday present. That's right, we're back by popular demand. 
with a fairly loose definition of popular. <laughs> Let's get straight to it. There's some birthdays this week that we're celebrating. So happy birthday to Andrew Britton, Angela Zalutiski, Robbie Helberg, happy birthday, Rob, Carly Metayawa, Mar- Marianne Van Logernberg, Matthew Wieringa, Joe Manutua, Kamogelo Makomena, Lautara Maciel, Dr. Ben Warlow. Happy birthday, Ben, bringing joy into the front lines of healthcare on your birthday. Tamson Papier, Gumel Sibingo from Portugal, Jethro Hiuswanto, Dan Bratesco, Benjamin Anderson from Sweden. Happy birthday, Benjamin. Saul Edwin Mendoza, Noodle Scott. Happy birthday. Chego Ramatlo from South Africa, Nathaniel Redekop, Rolf Wamfiel, I'll play for you on my drum. And also big happy birthday to one of the biggest fans of birthdays with Brad, Robert Ferguson. Thanks for your ongoing support and happy birthday. We've got a special treat for you now. <clears throat> and now let us sing with the holy choir of St. Brad's Cathedral. Happy birthday. Right back here on the micropod tomorrow.